0: Welcome to Herrick Does That, a podcast on current legal topics, relevant industry and legal trends, and significant developments in the law, brought to you by the attorneys of Herrick Feinstein. I am Belinda Schwartz, Herrick's Executive Chair, and I want to thank you for joining us.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to our program today, discussing the Manhattan Commercial Revitalization Program, otherwise known as MCore, and the Industrial Commercial Abatement Program, known as ICAP. My name is Brett Gottlieb, and I'm a partner here at Herrick Feinstein. My practice primarily focuses on New York City property tax incentives, and I'm joined today by my uh, partner and colleague, Patrick O'Sullivan. Um, Patrick, uh, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. My name is Patrick O'Sullivan and uh, I'm also a partner in the real estate group here at uh, Herrick Feinstein. And my practice focuses a lot on development projects, uh, particularly in uh, New York City, oftentimes uh, with both a public and private component. And I'm looking forward to this discussion with my colleague, Brett.
1: So Patrick, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Recently, the EDC, otherwise known as the New York City Economic Development Corporation, announced a new program or initiative called MCOR. It stands for the Manhattan Commercial Revitalization Program. It contains some unique benefits and also uh, carries with it some restrictions and limitations. Could you explain to our audience what the MCOR program is meant to achieve and who might be eligible for this program?
0: sure so you know there's been obviously a lot of discussion about the commercial office market coming out of the pandemic and with people coming back to the office not coming back to the office there's been obviously a lot of talk about the future of the office market there's been a lot of talk about the uh, potential conversion of certain office buildings to residential that may be something that's that's down the line but um, EDC, in in conjunction, uh, Brett, as you, you suggested, with the New York City Industrial Development Agency, you know what what they've seen is uh, in this marketplace right now, newer Class A office buildings continue to do well, continue to attract tenants, and that I think is because tenants are really looking for modern office space uh, with a suite of amenities, uh, additional space that they can they, they can use. Whereas older buildings that may not have these amenities are really the ones that are struggling in terms of attracting tenants. And so EDC came up with MCOR in an effort to help incentivize building owners to make significant investments uh, in their office buildings and, and to build in those amenities to attract tenants and make them viable for the um, for the longer term. So um, at a high level, that's I think what EDC saw and that's what EDC is trying to solve when it comes to MCore.
1: Patrick, what buildings would be eligible for the participation in this program and what would be a limiting factor as to why a particular property would not be eligible?
0: Sure. So as I noted, it's a competitive program and so it's got Manhattan in its name and it has Manhattan in its name for a reason. So you, you have to be uh, a building of at least 250,000 uh, gross square feet in size it needs to be a building that's that was built prior to 2000. So, like I said, uh, we're talking about bigger buildings, uh, and buildings that are that are older. And in terms of geography, uh, you need to be it needs to be a building that's uh, below uh, 59th street in Manhattan with. Noting a, a couple of carve outs. Um, one, uh, it cannot be a building in the, in the Hudson Yards area. Uh, and it, um, also cannot be a building, uh, in the area of the Penn Station, uh, general project plan, uh, you know, the plan, uh, adopted by the, um, by the state in connection with the potential redevelopment of, uh, of the Penn Station area. Those are some of the key, um, limiting factors in terms of, uh, of the, uh, of the program in ter- from a, from a building, uh, and project perspective.
1: Now, what about from a hard cost perspective? Can any project with with a small renovation apply or become eligible for that matter, or you must the project be have a substantial rehabilitation in, in its plans? Right. So, a- as I indicated,
0: what EDC and and the city are really looking to do here is attract significant investment. Uh, and so, with that in mind, um, one of the requirements of the program is that the owner and the owner's project. Has to be making an investment that um, represents at least 75% of the project location's um, current assessed value. So um, this is not a program meant to uh, incentivize you know, some painting of walls and, um, and a, a brush up of the uh, of the lobby. This is really a program that's seeking to incentivize projects that look to develop new layouts for floors, new building systems, more energy-efficient building systems. And we can get uh, a little later, we can talk about uh, some of the goals of the program in terms of things like local law 97 compliance, you know, that's looking to add other amenities to the buildings like, uh, for example, uh, programming space um, that's going to attract tenants and their workers back into the office. So it's it's something that, and because it's competitive, um, you're really going to have to make a significant investment. And one thing I should note in terms of just from a competitive standpoint, um, the program is set up in such a way, overall um, EDC is looking to have this done with respect to up to 10 million square feet of of buildings. Um, They've structured in such a way that uh, actually for every 2.5 2.5 million square feet uh, of space that they approve. The um, tax incentive that one gets um, actually decreases as you're one of the later projects to get um, to get approved. So it's important to bear that in mind um, because it really uh, highlights that um, if you if you've got a project in mind, the first one in the door is is going to get a better deal. So I, I've now talked about mcore and and obviously there are there are geographical restrictions. Um, there are uh, significant investment requirements. Now, Brett, I know you do a lot of work with respect to the ICAP program, which is not discretionary and which is a program that's been around for uh, a good amount of time. Can you just talk a little bit about ICAP and how that works and how it might be an attractive uh, alternative um, to to MCOR for uh, for building owners?
1: Sure. So. The geographic area for ICAP within Manhattan is pretty similar to that which Patrick described in MCore. Commercial properties that are located south of 59th Street and north of 96th Street, the north of 96th Street is the distinction here, um, would be eligible for an ICAP benefit. Now ICAP is only available for renovations of commercial buildings in the south of 59th Street area. Um, there are limit, limited exceptions for new construction south of Murray Street, which again is another distinction from MCore. and renovations or new construction are eligible north of 96th Street. Um, ICAP is considered to be an as-of-right program. As long as you um, follow the rules and requirements under the law, uh, you will be uh, awarded ICAP benefits. Now, the term for properties that are located in Manhattan, the benefit term is between eight and 12 years. Um, Outside of Manhattan, within the outer boroughs, you would see benefits between 15 and 25 years. Another key distinction between these two programs is the minimum required expenditure, meaning the amount of cost, the amount of money which must be spent on construction costs is significantly lower under the ICAP program compared to MCor. Um, ICAP is a 30% Expenditure compared to your assessed value, whereas MCore is a seventy-five percent expenditure, and ICAP would be eligible. Would, would be eligible for ICAP for office, hotel, community facility, retail, and commercial parking uses, um, versus the limited use of office under the MCore program. Now, you know, Patrick will get into the the benefits of MCore in a little bit as a, as a follow up to this conversation, but you know, it's my opinion that developers, those who either want a more streamlined process or are not going to fit into, meet or satisfy one of the restrictions for the mcor program should consider ICAP as a viable alternative. You know, ICAP does offer some of the same uh, or similar types of benefits and it does help with the cost of construction in, in the city of New York. Patrick, as a, as a way of comparison, you know, I, I was just talking about the fact that ICAP has a property tax benefit, which again, in Manhattan, it could be, it could extend for as long as twelve years. It's my understanding that MCOR does have a couple of additional benefits along with their property tax uh, benefit. Can you explain? Sure. So, I, and I think
0: I first just should note with respect to property taxes that the abatement uh, can be up to a. A 20-year um, abatement with a, a four-year phase-out in those um, those last four years. So starting in year uh, 17, and in this case, real property taxes would be um, on the land and on the bill on the existing building would be would be stabilized, um, and then and then you're getting the abatement for the the incremental tax above that. But as you noted, um, in in addition to the real property tax, you can avail yourself of an exemption from the city and state sales tax um, with respect to uh, materials that are used uh, in connection with your project. Uh, and there's also a, a partial waiver of the um, city and state mortgage recording tax um, that um um, that you know would be applicable in connection with a, a mortgage associated with the financing of the uh, of the project improvement. So it, it does avail- you do have an ability to avail yourself of these um, uh, additional benefits. But Brad, um, as as you indicated, uh, you know in connection with this, it is a discretionary program, uh, and it's one where um, there's an application process and one that, that's going to require IDA board approval. Brett, one thing with this uh, with uh, MCore is it, it's uh, it's clearly a program um, where uh, EDC is looking to uh, incentivize projects uh, in terms of uh, commercial office buildings. Now, uh, I know in in many instances, uh, you know, there are building owners who who may have uh, a mixed use building of some sort, who who may have residential and 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 commercial combined. What can they look to um, when uh, trying to assess what to do with a mixed use property?
1: Sure. So with a mixed-use property, there are a couple of considerations here. Number one, ICAP uh, does allow to have some degree of residential square footage within the building. It's a limitation of upwards of 20%, but the residential square footage would be uh, deducted from the amount of the benefit. So in other words, if the building has 10% residential use, then there'd be a 10% loss of the available benefit. What developers or owners can do uh, in lieu of this fact, or if they have Um, residentially used, which exceeds the 20% threshold, is they can create what's called a no action condominium, whereby for property tax purposes only, seek approval from the Attorney General's Office to apportion out the tax lots, which would allow for the tax benefit, in this case ICAP, to be solely placed on the commercial tax lot. In the case of MCOR, the same would be necessary because residential square footage um, would not be eligible to receive the benefits that are that are awarded uh, via the MCore program. Patrick, now many of our listeners might want to know, or are probably thinking at this point, the city seems quite generous with uh, the ICAP and the MCore programs. Now, what am I as the developer or the landlord providing back to the city? What is the quid pro quo here? Now, in the case of ICAP, you know, I can tell you that there is, um, there are a couple of of reasons why the city and the state offer uh, this particular benefit. Uh, One of them is there are um, requirements to uh, provide a fair opportunity for bidding of um, minority women business-owned entrepreneurs for uh, subcontracted construction uh, or labor jobs. Um, Secondarily, there are, there is Job creation in terms of the uh, the new office or retail or office space, which is going to be created as a result of the projects which have been undertaken, and third, there is the economic activity for the neighborhood, uh, which has a um, an impact on all the surrounding buildings and particular district in which the building is located. Um, in the case of MCOR, I know some of this uh, would would apply um, similarly. Um, could you explain what would be the motivation for, for the Mcore program and why, or, or should a developer, you know, should they be aware of what they are providing back as a public benefit? Sure, well, I mean, I think that the, again, the
0: key here is that uh, this is a discretionary uh, program and one that's going to go through uh, the IDA. And so, you know, with that in mind, uh, the EDC and the IDA have come up with the pre-application, uh, which is out now, and um, with a, a pre-application, the first the first deadline f- for submissions uh, is actually August first. And you know, with respect to this this pre-application, the IDA is uh, is going to look at the project scope and, and budget. Uh, is going to look at the um, attraction plan in terms of tenants. Going to look at project readiness. Um, and then is going to look at compliance with um, with items uh, such as uh, local law ninety seven. What what they're also going to do is um, they're going to look at what kind of percentage of uh, MWBE uh, subcontractors are being uh, being proposed for the the project. And um, so they they are in this instance um, also going to look to uh, I think a, a similar set of of items uh, uh, as ICAP in terms of you know which which projects are m- most impactful, um, most impactful not just from the, the pure vantage point of uh, I- investment, but, but these other items as well, um, including uh, achieving goals, um, whether, w- whether that goal is with respect to uh, sustainability measures or whether that goal is with respect to, you know, uh, MWBE uh, participation.
1: When will the uh, regular application be available for submission to the NCOR program? So my understanding
0: is is that uh, so this first uh, submission deadline for the pre-application will, will be uh, August 1st. So interested parties uh, who have a, a project and can submit can do so and then the IDA is supposed to undertake a review of those uh, of those projects over a a month to, to six week period, uh, and then invite a set of, uh, of projects to uh, make a formal uh, application to the IDA, which I understand would then take place as early as the, the fall of this year.
1: And for those who uh, are interested in ICAP, the ICAP program has been an ongoing rolling application. You, know, you can either contact myself or you can go to the New York State Department of Finance website to preview what the application entails for the ICAP program.
0: So, Brett, as I as I mentioned, you know, in terms of M EDC with IDA has laid out its process. You know, for for a building owner who's thinking, maybe he's thinking about MCOR uh, or or thinking about ICAP or or maybe both. Just in terms of ICAP, what's the typical timing, or, or is there a particular deadline that a, um, a building owner needs to be mindful of when when thinking about
1: ICAP? Sure. So, the ICAP program it is an incentive program, meaning that. They are trying to incentivize you to perform work which you otherwise or but for the program would not have otherwise undertaken. Uh, What this means is that you must file a preliminary application with the New York State Department of Finance uh, before such time that the first permit which allows for new construction has been issued by the Department of Buildings. Um, There is also a final application process and then a notice of completion process which would therefore follow the notice of completion application is submission which occurs once there is a final certificate of occupancy on the building or in rare instances you can submit this application upon um, declaration by the architect that the project is complete uh, for all intents and purposes Um, one thing that our listeners should be aware of is due to the discretionary nature of the mcorp program and its sister IDA programs, which um, this program uh, mirrors in many ways. Um, Developers have traditionally uh, applied for ICAP alongside of IDA benefit programs. And the reason for this is is because the process for an IDA approval can take uh, several months, and it's a long, um, I would like to say drawn out process when dealing with uh, city and state agencies. And um, as a backup plan, uh, particularly for the most, you know, the most rewarding part of the benefit, uh, many developers will consider ICAP as, a, as an adequate substitute uh, to protect themselves from those increases in property tax resulting from their significant construction projects. Um, so it is important that if you were to submit the application and were planning to start immediate construction on your MCOR eligible project. You also consider the simultaneous ICAP um, application. Patrick, just as a uh, as a closing thought, you know, in summary, just as a way of contrasting uh, the two different programs which we've been discussing today, I think our listeners should just understand that um, MCore, from everything that you've uh, educated me about today, is primarily aimed at larger projects, um, those with over two hundred fifty thousand square feet. It has a limited scope of slots or limited number of buildings, you should say, that will be awarded with the NCORP benefits as part of this program. Uh, it carries not only a, a real estate property tax benefit, but also a sales and use tax and a mor- mortgage recording tax benefit. Uh, versus, And there's a larger um, or a 75% uh, expenditure, which is um, required versus ICAP, where you have the 30% expenditure of your assessed value and a shorter duration uh, property tax benefit. However, it's not discretionary, it's an as of right program, and the uses expand beyond that of just office within the commercial sector. Um, I think that our listeners, our real estate clients, developers, contractors um, have uh, many considerations to decide between which of these two programs uh, they would qualify and suits the needs for their particular project. If you have any questions regarding MCOR or ICAP, Please uh, contact either Patrick or myself, and we look forward to hearing from all of our listeners uh, who may have questions or concerns about uh, these programs. Thank you.
0: Yes, thank you, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us for Herrick's podcast, Herrick Does That. To learn more about our firm and to listen to additional podcast
1: episodes, please visit us at www.herrick.com.